The tide is in, and the Corrib's salty morning air mingles with the light smell of traffic fumes on Dominic Street. These are the last days of the long summer holidays, and the city is slow to stir. A bin man goes about his chores with a desultory air, chasing the debris of last night's takeaway suppers. From across the way, I have a good view of the modest entrance to Chick Gillen's barber shop. A vestige of old Galway, and a bolt hole for those who seek occasional relief from the city's rapid new developments. Most of the street's family businesses have closed or moved to busier spots in town, where fish and beds and prams were sold. Now there are bookshops and continental cafes. My eye catches the sight of a dapper, well-groomed man who rounds the bend with a brisk step and a generous greeting for all he meets. It's as if the morning finally comes alive. Mind for my office. My place of, of employment and enjoyment. How's that? My place of enjoyment and in, in, in. and employment. Start of another day. Isn't it great to get up? And go out there, around that. Nino's pay for the fresh air before you come up. You wouldn't get it for. And they talk about the old behinders. You wear the behinders. My routine is uh, get up, have a very good breakfast, and then head off. Go in there for a two minute mass into the uh, Dominicans and then head off out for a good walk out as far as the, the new treatment plant all around there, beautiful all the strange ducks, I have a great interest in birds uh, and I'm, expect I'm looking forward now to see the pintails coming and the teal and the widgeon from crossover that come from uh, uh, Siberia all these strange countries and uh, the swallows are on the, getting ready now to leave as well. Watch all the... And the swans, well, the swans will stay here. The same, the clatter, that all them swans, as far as they came back, the swans, people that died. And they say that the swans are only. So I'll be talking to Mike Griffin and Coley Moore and John Moore. See, we'll see if they talk back to me, they didn't, but they, didn't, but they come up nice and easy and, and, and take them. I feed them every morning. Or something. I buy the bag of oats as well and give the ducks here on the canal now a shrinkle of oats and they love it. Because I used to do a lot of fowling one time and I'm sorry no ever shot any of them. But that time we used to shoot for the pot. And uh, there was a clutch of hens born the same time that I was born and I started going around with them. And uh, I used to be carrying them around and to follow me and I'd be giving them a little bit of bread out of a tune and all that, they're always around me. And the, I was about five or six before I opened my mouth and the first word I, I, I said was cock a And so they used to call me the chicken. Chick is sweeping up yesterday's discarded locks 
and pulling on a white coat in readiness for another day. The flats upstairs have emptied out and the punters have not yet arrived at the bookies next door. The shop is small, stuffy in summer or when a crowd is in. On a Saturday, four or five men, seated close on the bench by the wall, will pack the place out. Sometimes they talk among themselves, but mostly it's a single flow of conversation mediated by Chick, master of ceremonies, showman and ballhopper extraordinaire. In his company, the city becomes a town again. The room's thin walls are decorated with an eclectic mix of photographs, paintings and newspaper clippings. Racehorses, local personalities, sporting heroes. I imagine that these characters, immortalised in Chick's Hall of Fame, must sometimes slip out of their cold frames and mix and fight again with their brethren on the bench. Heroes long dead to citizens in other parts of Galway live rumbustious lives here still and share their tales with anyone who cares to come and sit. Business is lively, but gradually more and more of the old-timers are going to the other side and every loss is keenly felt. There was one week I had seven customers I ate. That's And they're all friends. That's the saddest part of this job now. I'm cutting fellas here for 50 years and I couldn't four or five generations of them. And they loved to put one fellow away now and he came back all the way from America so that he get his fourth generation cookies here. Now, that's what I'm saying, there's no week passes where I'm, I'm getting mass cars or going to funerals. Yeah, it's very sad. And good nice people too. And good humours. You know, you've great old crack over here. But there were some great characters now here. Yeah. They could kill her Malone up there. The last street fighters. He used to do all these fighting on the street. Yeah, he caught him. So the, the killers used to call him. See him up, he's still alive. And there's Christy O'Connor. Miss Christy came in there last week to look at his photograph. And I d he looked so well, he stood at the door there, I knew him when was up the phone. He, he looked at us and he said, who's that old lad up there? And that's when I recognised me. How are you, Christy? The maestro himself. And there's Nolene Fine up there, the Lorkley Mercer. I worked for him for years in Seapaint. He's a man that built Seapaint. A grand man and a nice man to work for. He was, he was a grand man. He was a great, great, he was one of the first big fellas that started Seapaint, that started Salt Hill. And then there's Mocking Oliver. See him with the ghost, great character, great fisherman. Then he'll come on over for the, for the Christmas dinner on the bicycle. <laughs> I asked him, was a nice ghost? He said, well, it was beautiful, he says. My wife stuffed them, said she would breadcrumbs and bits of dripping and, and a couple of rashes over the back of them. And he said, and he tasted lovely. Oh. But they used to have their own geese in Clare one time when I was a kid. They're all geese, yeah, lovely, and hens, but mostly geese. And who else now have we up here? Oh, they were marching Tartan, marching drying on. There he was, wasn't he great bit of stuff? And he'd only one pair of togs and that he wouldn't wear anything else, only one with a shamrock on it. See it? And that's him in his young days, 1943. He was a leading contender that time, one of the contenders for the world heavyweight. And he wasn't, you know, compared to the heavyweights now, they're all 18 stone. Marching was just 13 stone. And then you have the, the, the heavyweights up here. Francis Barrett brought that from, back from Atlanta from it. When he was in a bus and he spotted it, and he said, she could like that. And he brought it all the way back and he didn't break it. 
And even when he was coming back to the prayers, you know, he was hanging on to it. Yeah, and uh, when they came off the plane as well, uh, they were going to give the flag to Michelle Smith to camp. No, no, said so she gave it to the man, said so she they brought us into the stadium. That's what she said. She was very fond of him. So he carried and he gave that into Miss Mel Smith to mind while he was carrying the flag. Now, and when he came off the plane, and it was raining that day, but uh, it's a grand photograph. It's, I suppose, the, one of the, the best heavyweights we had. Cassie is in the front beside the fellow that had great bouts with him. Uh, oh, I think we knew him. And then you have Larry Holmes up the back and George Foreman and George Norton. But they were great heavyweights too. She was, she was as good as any of them. And then I have Michael Carruth up here with his gold middle. And then I have a great character here, no hole in the football. He, he played for uh, the Griffins. Stefan Amalia, the tweed shop, a gentleman. Six foot two, big strong man. Oh, a great man for fishing and shooting. And, oh, a fine cutter man. And then I have another lad, Rory O'Toole. He won a European Championship medal in the Special Olympics in a great friend of mine too. Yeah, in, uh, in Spain. He won that in Barcelona. And then I had the photograph of President Kennedy here. That's in the, the shop. I went out and shook hands to him that day. Yeah, I did. And I was, was a couple of customers and we all went to the shop to go and see him coming down the road. And I said, I'm going to go no less when he come in for a haircut. And they were to find me. So I walked out anyway. There was a big load of FBI fellas in the car. But they didn't bother. Walked out. You can see there, no, the car stopped. That car was a friend of mine, the customer said, Pat Moran, Mulray. And, uh, so when I went out, he looked back and I went out to your canstone and I asked him, I said, I'm the bear there, Mr. President, would you come in for a haircut? And he took a fit, look at him, his mouth was open, he talked about it. He talked about it very funny. <laughs> but I, I didn't say any more. You know, it was delighted to share canstone. That was me there now. Yeah, and the car stopped and all the car had, and there was a big load of FBI fellas in the back. But they didn't bother. Yeah, actually, you know, well, it was harmless. There are several versions of the story of how he started in the trade. But the one that Chick likes best is where he was heading off to the army and he called in for the lend of a comb. The owner spotted his good grooming and offered him a job on the spot. He remembers working at the American parlour in Air Square. It was the finest place in town and clergymen were addressed with their correct titles. Now, Monsignor. Yes, Archdeacon. When he set up on his own here, over 40 years ago, it was workers from the foundry and the woollen mills who were his mainstay. They would throng the place on the eve of the sodality, or race week. What are you sparing the bull cream for? Put on what'll last tomorrow. Almost all of Chick's customers can recall their first haircut. In some cases, Chick will remember their last. There was one time when I <coughs> was up in the old sand and they were up in a big slab that time. It was laid out that time in a big, big slab. Frightening old thing, you know. So I went up anyway, and we died of TB. It was up in the TB hospital in the Woodlands Sanatorium, up the road there. Yeah, what happened, son? Yeah, and Jesus, his jaws has gone in off the fair. So Jesus, I could share, and there's a good bit of hair there now. So I was shared, it was open razor. <coughs> so Jesus, I went up. <coughs> I went up, I think I have TB myself. I went outside anyway, and I looked around, and uh, see whether I see anything. You know, I could feel in the Two bits of the, she has two, a couple of small potatoes, so I missed out two anyway and I shoved them in. And she hasn't done the job. And he looked so well, I left them in. 
But I knew the fell anyway, and around September, we have in September now, I'd love to see the grave myself, go up and see John's grave, and say, how's he getting on? Cheers, <laughs> there's always crap of potatoes, of course. You think it's not going up the top, Jeff? Yeah. Wouldn't the writers come up with something queer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. the first time we went up to Aurelian, uh, I went up to the Seine. I had to go to the first side because it was a big sled. And uh, when I went to the first side, when I was going over, I had my hand, elbow, you know that now, Georgia. My hands touched his stomach and didn't let her go, some kind of gas or something. And just I was like, oh, and my jeez, I took off. <laughs> But I was explaining what happened. I said, that was alive. I'm going to fill his death alive. But I shaved a good few fellas here in the street, old Bill Hegarty over there, and gave him the last t- shave. Hotel Linda? Yeah, when he died. I remember he died, he died, he wasn't even closed to St. Over. Because he used to shave them when he was in hot. You know, it was cold. But, um, well, yeah, you get used to it. There's no death now, is there? No. There's no death. There's no death. Should have put makeup and all. Enough off the top now, no. Smart bit of you, yeah. Uh, so I'm in and all makeup, no, Jojo. Eyebrows done and everything like that. I don't know why. You know, see this gentleman here, and I'm putting this gentleman. He has great stories. He, that man is all his life a vehicle. And he's seen great changes. Both the loaf and the pen loaf. And the oh, pen sure. Loaf. Did you, were you near the time the brown bread? The, the, the time the slice loaf came to Galway in the 50s? No, the brown bread, the stuff that they were, the, the near Paisen, yeah, during the war years, into the war years. I know, I know, I know. I'm not bad for her, no. Jesus. Jesus. It's very bad. 42 on the board. In the time that was going out, everybody broke open a rash. Like, you'd be scratching all the time from that loaf. You heard of it? I heard of it. Oh, Jesus. What were they making of it? Oh, sure. Sawdust. And they could find him, sure. Oh, it was very bad. They were walking into the water. It was awful bad. Oh, yes, you got brown, black. Yeah. But you must see great change in your business. Oh, sure. That's well, it, was all, all, all hair labour. In the, in the 50s, the slice pan came to town. There was queues, there was queues outside the Leiden shop. Jesus, the, the bread was cutting all for us. Honestly, that was the Scots, right? Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Well, everybody used to make their own bread. Oh, sure, that tastes like you wouldn't yeah. see well, it. Well, the brown bread, the brown, the sort of bread. Yeah. I always and, eat the brown bread. The taste, that time, she just tasted the day of the world of cabbage and turnips. Yeah. I always eat brown bread now. Yeah, that's the main thing. That was the main thing. Which? So long as it was full, we eat it. That's right, you know. That's it. Enough now. The day was way different. Plenty of cabbage and turnips. And everybody, even where I lived in Baltimore, there was no flowers that time on roses. We suppose there was growing in the front garden, the cabbage, as well as the back. And there was plots given out that time with the soup. You remember all these supermarkets now? The, the go the, down the Hedford Road. That was all plots. You get a plot down there for two shillings. And would you believe it, the spade you could live there? Never taken. Don't be a scallion taken. Except if you get, if it might be fair from over having a scallion, take a few scallions there right away, say. I've torn up so there you want them. She used to off on us and taste that time. Every one of them had a pig that time, two or three pigs in the back of the house. That's right. I had, I used to get, I remember uh, we used to be going and getting down little for them and all the waste. And she used to, uh, uh, who was this? She used to buy them. Todd Corbett, Corbett from Hetford. He was the big buyer. And one day we were going to the first two pigs I got. I'm sure I hadn't them well done at all. But I would bring them down the road anyway. And this fellow said to me, he says, look, chick, he says, the dogs, the greyhounds don't know if he says, it'll Friday night. 
So I brought them back in and got a few more buckets. And all the, there was no, there was no waste that time. All the peels and all to be alone. To be all in. And there was you a dump. the tasters and the bacon that time. Oh, smashing. Oh, stuff. You know, you know, you know, all spuds and cabbage. That's what that used to get, you know, the real. But you went to battles about the, 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 the about washing their hands now. Yeah. What do you call this? Uh, the fancy name for the runs now. Oh, you know, you know, you know. Uh, my sister have. Oh, my sister called. Uh, oh, gee, uh, some kind of a virus. I hear it now. I think of it in a minute now. But um, I remember. You remember the, the big uh, battles of. Uh, Corn and beef outside the butcher shop, you put your hand down and be half soaking. And they'll shoot that over there. It's good, Dad's an oddity, remember? Oh, the And the old cow's head was cooked. And the pig's head was a luxury. And it was split in two. Cheers. And the crew beans. Cheers. They were delicious. Now they have. Is that the same taste anymore, is it? Oh, no. They were all, there was no. They were, I suppose, what you call organic. We did not mint that time. There was no fertiliser, no milk, one of those, and old chickens was grand, free range. That's so fine. They had the chicks again. I never had chickens as well. You couldn't eat them. Which? The old Dale chicks that were had. I know, they The cock, he was the cut of. I think that's forced. And he had a leg, he had a leg near like a lamb's leg. The cock was so big. And there was eating and drinking it. Two big, that was a big, that was a big dinner. Two of them up the table. And a big mug of buttermilk then. Ah, you couldn't beat it. The same taste now with the fish now either, the mackerel or anything else, that's the same as long ago. Should the seas rotten now, I suppose. I remember going down there and the, 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 I'd say all the fishermen that were fishing that time, they're, they're up in heaven. They were the most generous men you could get. They used to throw hanks onto the, onto the, for anyone to take them, anyone to be looking for a bit of fish. Hanks them onto the, onto the quay. And you could, I have my hands were cut bringing them home. Bold panda got down straight away then. She used to, and then the pot would go down for the pot. Do you want the, 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 the red garnet? Do you know the, the red garnet? He had a big red head like you now. Oh, a fine red head. Do you know what I'm? He's a big fish. Oh, yeah, well, the head and all would go down. Eyes, everything would be it. I wanted to clean them up a bit. The nice Throw the tail in a way. The nice way we do the mackerels and the fire. Oh, lovely. Without the, the thing, you know. The put the, put the tongs in and oh, it was beautiful. Beautiful. If they saw you doing that, no, that said you were. I'm trying to think of that name. Simonella. That's the job. Simonella. That fancy one. No, they call the runs. But should you say you got the runs when you print them in your time? But you weren't doing you good. It's the best thing in the world. The shop is fitted with two barber chairs. But it's plain that only one comes in for any regular use. For Chick has worn a semicircle on the lino around it. A dense ring of hair clippings lies outside that again. A wooden board is stacked nearby. When laid across the arms of the chair, it brings even the smallest customer within Chick's reach and elevates him to the status of boy prince. Now, hop up there. The wind blows the Listen, hair down. Well, I, I put something on it to keep it down for you. Well, I hop up here and you're a great boy. Are you ever, are you, will I give you a hand up? Thank you, sir. No, give it there. He loves a lot, don't you, kids? One, two, Upsy daisy, I'm much more well at the play. I'm telling you. Well, that's much happening. Not enough for that, for the front, you know, to take a bit off the front most of it. And as little as possible off the back, but it gives it a shape, you know, if you can. Yeah. I take a bit of the high stuff. Okay. Oh. 
should we play? In the mirror. Right. We're all in the mirror. Three. Exactly. Oh, in the middle, that way. Yeah. Oh. Are you going to school? Yeah. It's too young, are you? What age are you? Three and a half. Three and a half? God, good man. Because you're big for your age. Do you like cutting your hair, no? Yeah. Yeah. And you're learning a song at school? Yeah. What song are you learning? Incy Wincy Spider. What do you got? Incy Wincy Spider. Yeah. You're gonna sing it? Sometimes in preschool they sing it. Preschool. No, not preschool. Not preschool. Mm. Preschool. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. He thinks you're more advanced in preschool. Oh, you're, you're, high, you're in the high degree. You're a, I see you're a scholar. Don't just went over and What's your first name? We didn't tell you. What's your first name? Owen. Owen? Yeah. God, that's a nice name, too. What are you named? Owen Finn. Oh. <laughs> You're going to play a pie. Are you going to sing the song? But why have you sink? Sink. You don't wash your hands, heavy. Oh, I do. I do wash my face as well. Now, how? How do you? How do I do? See that? I just scoped that up with me. But will you clean the hair up off the ground when, when you're when you're closing? Do you always do that? Oh, always. Yeah, and push it out then. And let you put it in the bin. In the bin, out the bin. And then I just sing a song when it goes into the bin. My old man's a dustbin. I don't know that song. Yeah, I, I'll teach it to you someday, will I? You cut my ear off. And they are all too half off. Look at that. Imagine you're not singing a song. She's only half an ear. Gee, where's it gone? Where's your ear gone? Where's your ear gone? Back again. Mm-hmm. Now give us a song now before you go. Do that, man. <laughs> I had him away from the haircut and he's after singing as well. No, he's oh. sing. He's sing. Well, I don't like to. You know, I can show you a great singer. I can't. I can't. I do, then. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Thanks very I much. Can't. Say thanks very much, Owen. Bye, Owen. This is the last time I'd ask you to sing now. Listen. I will. Mm. La, la, la. Sing outside the door, so. I can't sing anymore. Why? Do you sing a lot? No. <laughs> what can you do? Goodbye, Owen. That's a good idea, isn't it? I didn't see. 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 There was fair and dirty, one a spittle, one of them cross, one a Kilkerton, Clifton, 
Uh, they were they, they, they were they were great hearted. But now it's all business now with the Mertz. They'd barely talk to you there now. Before when you buy a piece, you go in for a mineral or a drink or something. If you bought ten, you'd you go in ten times. Now you could buy all this there and you wouldn't be asked. You know. The mere fear was there was a big mere fear here. We should get off from school as well the two days, Andrea. But to be down here as well the cattle, to be all over the place, and we st- the farmers that time out to give you about tuppence to mind the cattle. To be all stuck wherever the, the, by the time they walked in they were shagged, and you'd be holding them in there. You might have two or three. There was no sense a big flock of them now. And there'd be hundreds of farmers, and they'd go off with a pint, and they give you tuppence. And, geez, it was great, we'd get the old tuppence. We, we'd love doing it, and holding them back. You'd touch it with somebody. And uh, then the horse was a great day, and the jabbing up and down and riding them and looking at them. Geez, they were great days. And the first time I went to the races, his lot of them, I said, no, that's his, his young brother, no, uh, Mike Lincoln, who trains the horse around here. I, it was a sidecar, you know the sidecar? And I sat under the, the, the axle, he knew I was there, but he didn't say anything. And I hung off all the way up to Ballabrit. I said I was about five years of age. And waiting for him to come down again then. And a lot of them would pull up and say, you know, tell the kind of something had happened. But um, there'd be all a whole trail of, of sidecars going up. Jesus, it was great. And you know, I never seen a bad day. It was always good. And then the dogs that night, they'd go to the dogs, they'd be up the square and say, dogs, salt of the dogs. Salt till of the dogs. They were going out all night. Oh, jeez, there were some great days. Helicopters, they were going out there now. Helicopters. And they were great. And they'd be walking all the crowd. They wouldn't bother. There was no chaos that time, hardly. They'd be on them old shark coal. No old, that kind of old shirts. <coughs> and she jeez, shooting like hell. But uh, there'd be crowds going up, like, like if they're going to Crow Park, half up the Galway races. And there'd be thousands outside. And there'd be two big marquees. And then there'd be a couple of marquees of, of teas and sandwiches and good sandwiches too. Jeez, you get a good lump of great meat in the middle of it. There was fabulous entertainment that time in the races outside. There was all sort of business gambling inside. But uh, there was fellas there lying down and, and, and lifting, breaking bottles and sitting on bottles and throwing out flames. And uh, other fellas, uh, there was one fella tumbling a ballot. Now he'd be a grandfather, that boxer lad, Francis. He'd be balancing a, a catwheel, the big catwheel on his chin and breaking stones on their chest. Jesus, which was great, and sticking needles in them, sticking needles here and nothing. And uh, they were great accordion players and great singers. Did you ever hear, hear about one, one of the old reserves? Sure. Huh? Sure, I came up from the country and I came up from the land. I came up on my own farm when I heard the call to arms. I wanted to be a soldier boy if I really loved the game. But when I got the uniform, it's then that I became, oh, one of the old reserves, one of the old reserves. Up to the Cora I was sent, where I had to pay no rent. But when the colonel saw me, he said that I deserved three pints a day and extra pay for one of the old reserves. Oh, the first night in an army bed, a funny thing happened to me. The creep along my pillow came the old man, Mr. Flea. He ducked his head, ran under the sheet and called upon his gang. They marched along and formed a line, and this is what they sang. Oh, we're all of the old reserves, all of the old reserves. I've been through Belgium and through France, and I can fairly sing and dance. They surely shook the army, they surely fought their nerve, but the sweetest spice I ever got was one of the old reserves. Oh, one evening in the dining hall, my old pal said to me, 
I wonder what is wrong with him. They're giving his eggs for tea. Oh, I passed this through the mark. I really cannot tell. But when I opened up the egg, it's then I got the smell. Oh, it was one of the old reserves. One of the old reserves to eat that egg. I did my best. It nearly paralyzed my chest. A man who'd eat an egg like that, he surely would deserve three pints a day and extra pay for one of the old reserves. The first time I started off was a hand machine. The hand. Look at it here. There was three machines then. There was a number one that took off the big stuff. Number two then gradually and then the fine one down the neck and mark on the locks and along the back of the ears. And then fellas had fine big bushy heads that time. Big strong hair. But of course, the, the work is groomed there now. We used to want to be able to groom them. But uh, we had a thing called tin incisors in that tinned well down. They're like a full head of hair, but tinned. Yeah, and uh, the scissors are going all very good. And then there were big scissors, they were long. You'd often give them, you were training, you'd often give a fella a nip to his ear. And we're bleeding like a pig then. Yeah, it's terrible. And you know what we used to put on them? Uh, septic pencil wasn't strong enough. The cobweb. Go in the back room and get an old cobweb and put it on there. And they, they, they'd agree to it too. And it stopped that. It stopped the blood. Great to stop blood. Oh, that was an old cure. But um, that's when you're young for now. When you get good, then you'd know. You get a couple of slaps in the jaw from, or kick up the backside from the boss. Uh, and the cutthroat. Now, when I started first, all shaving was cutthroat. Because, and I agree with you, because I often shaved myself years afterwards with old blades we had in the shop, and it was like a Japanese shave. Talk about tearing. And that's what they used to shave because they had such great skin and great odor war. Great skin. And I, 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 I my father in law, I seen him at it, he was a farmer, and when he finished milking the cows, when he'd go for the shave, he'd sharpen the blade in, the, in a, a jam jar, and he had the one. Max my brave, and you get a pack of them that time for a penny. He had, he had a whole year he knocked over the plate. And I was often looking at now, and when I was at the business, I'd be looking at you, you know, shot in the blade. And I seen him at it. But it was all open razor when I started first, and she there was some great, there was some great men at the shaving. Barbers now, she they were great. The, the, the English couldn't do it now, because it took a lot of practice, and then there were tough beards. A fair day, you know, you get fellas in here, wow. And the, the cattle dealers they come in for the shave and hot towel now before they head off after buying. The fears just come down here now, cold cattle all over the town. But um, I worked in Grandson in the square as well. It was a great place, great, great uh, shop. But it was all shaving. And race week, you wouldn't do a cut for us here. They'd be queuing up for shaves. They wouldn't shave. They wouldn't bring their own razor. Because they'd have their old shakes as well. And uh, you'd often see that time. Fellas no chair themselves. I was showing the mess and that bits of paper here and there, stopping the whole blood. And the last thing you do is get an old blade. They pretend to knock his lung out of the old blade. The Max Mile. Here's Joe Kine. Joe Kine was the longest. They're trying to stop the cow coming, didn't they? Oi, how's it going? Is he looking well? Joe Kine, that. They hear the brains all the time. I think so. I have the hair piece left at home and I got back up and put it on. He was very crass when he was in seaplane. Well, he wasn't, he was all right. That's the time he gave me the door. Yeah, he did not. I just got all done. And we haven't feeling too well ourselves, Joe? No. 
Well, they should be the other. There's only two of us left. Julian is deaf as well. Julian is deaf. Like myself. Well, Dave Martian's here one day, and I put him in the back here. And Jesus, uh, I was busy then, and I let him try. You forgot about him. Yeah, one well, minute watching, because Martian wants to see him dying. But because he's been heard the back door opening, and uh, I, I looked out the door, and he gone up the cap. And all, all, he was in high, and all the dying went down his neck, and down his shirt, and down his face. And then he wiped it, and his ears were black, and I'm like, you know, because there was no mirror in the back room. And he went off up the street with his cap on, and he had two dens. He was a gas man. But any time there was a match on, he'd always go up to Amalia for his underwear. That's all he gets, he'd have suit him, and he'd change his underwear. And he'd come out, didn't matter who he'd be, and he'd be shadow boxing. You know, and in his underwear, when he was a gas ticket. Start on sea point. It opened the week before the races, 1949, and I had, I started race week 1949, and I finished in 1980. I ran 30 races, isn't that so? And the best years, in my opinion, there was the 50s and the 60s. You yeah, had the Regan from Cork, there was Schoban from Cork that time. And she used to do a nice, but like and people. Men and their wives and youngsters might come in for a half an hour or so just walk in to hear them. She used to work great out for all together. I think some of them are dead down there. Minahan was the man's name from Cork, the Regal Show Band. Yeah, they were logging great. Then you had Des Westwell and Hugh Kale. Oh, they were great. But there's, the band that time, there'd be a relief band, they'd have to be with those hours. Or if you, had, if you had an English band, oh, they'd only play so many hours. But I'll tell you a yarn about a fellow called Billy Flinder or Rusty Soul. He was a clarinet player with Des Freshwell. And Billy Flinder was a bit of a rake of a fella. But he, the clarinet he had, he'd have bits of chewing gum and bits of elastics and everything. But Sid Phillips was playing, who was the top clarinet player in England himself. And he spotted the old clarinet thrown in under the chair because Freshwell was the relief band for him. And when he was finished, he said to one of the lads, come on up here in the band, I want to see what this guy's able to do with that that thing that's under the chair, that's what he called it. But then Nan went up and he turned his back to the corner, he was putting bits of chewing gum here and bits of elastics uh, and everything. When your man heard him, he came down and offered him a job, he said, if you can knock music out of that, what would you do with a good clarinet? That's true. Yeah. That's no lie. Sid Phillips was the band leader. Where did you enjoy the, band, the dances that time? Now, I go all over the country now between the old boxing and here and going on the old country. And there's the place I meet the fella, how oh, you chick, you don't know me. God would say, Pete. Did we enjoy ourselves? And the kids don't know what they're missing out today. But like that, uh, Lynch used to come in, but you'd always get a new contingent of new dancers in race night. They'd be after learning that six weeks or seven weeks. And uh, I'd say that there was uh, fellas from the country, farmers, they were a mackler coming, they'd have the white shirt and... Well, and yeah, and they'd have... That's same path night, aren't they? And they'd have beautiful shoes, polished, extra pair of shoes with them. And the bicycles now, and they would dust themselves before they go in. And by God, they could turn in a saucer. You'd stand to look at them dancing. These now, I was, I too left feet myself, but I used to let watch, I would say, watch these. They were like, talk about Freddie Astaire. Whew. 
Do what's terrific. Yeah. I've seen them cycling. I know them. Tony, you know they're dead. All these from Hedford is a great place for coming up. And Bobby Newell, they cycled up there. You know, and they loved the dance. And they were great bands too. They were great musicians. They all had to read. They were just going up. They were old. They had just bang, 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 baby. They would like like these bands. Here you have bang, bang, baby. She walked to the street. Oh, they were great. He was the one at the top singers there. He was the top it singer was. with the with Jess Fatwell. That's who we killed. I don't know. Tell him about Billy Flindler or someone said Phillips brought the old cloud of throne under the chair. And the elastic. Yeah. And the chum gun. He said Phillips said was impressed with his playing and he said to him, would you like to use my instrument after? But that was a great compliment and Billy played like a bomb. Sid turned on to Billy then and he said, uh, could I play yours? I'm afraid you couldn't, he said. Why, he said, oh, it's a special make, he says, it's an elastophone. <laughs> Never heard of that make, he said. Well, he said, it's held together by elastic bands and stamps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is just about the, the way we were. It's a very appropriate song for the occasion, going back on the old days. So this is it, and do my best. Memories light the corners of my mind. Misty watercolor memories of the way we were. Scattered pictures. Of the smiles we left behind Smiles we gave to one another Of the way we were Could it be that it was all so simple then? Or has time rewritten every line? If we had the chance to do it all again, tell me, would we, could we? Memories are so beautiful and yet are you you can't buy memories like that. Like the, the young people today, they won't have the memories we had. Like you know, the, 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 and the characters that were around. Joe will tell you. That. I wouldn't like to stop my life now. No, I wouldn't like to be in that category. I'm at like my age now, but I don't think that we'd be able to put up. There's no lot, no nothing. So it's the laughter. We will remember whenever we remember the way we were, the way we were. Why is it? that every generation fears the next will have nothing worth remembering to comfort them in their old age. They need not worry, because as surely as these legends of old Galway inhabit Chickillans, 
he too will live on in the stories of another generation of the city's sons. And who knows which of them will frame Chick's picture and place it in his Hall of Fame. I'd like St. Patrick's Band to play, play me into the graveyard. And Giorgio, I'd like him to be properly dressed like any undertaker. Tall hat him. And, uh, you know, I see, you know, the, you know the blacks, uh, they're great for funerals. These jazz singers. I'd love to have one of them funerals, you know, except I wouldn't like jazz, I'm not too fond of them. Uh, but I'd like, I'd like, I'd like a, a horse now, if it could possible. Uh, uh, horse because I'm very fond of horses. Two Kunamala ponies under them. And uh, Giorgio, properly dressed as an undertaker, I like the silk hat in them, out in front with the sash. And some other fellow driving with white gloves. And uh, a band, the St. Patrick's band, they're my favourite brass band. Them with the crowd in open St. Patrick's up in the, near the Greenway station. They're a great band. Because I knew a lot of them, I knew the old timers. And playing the, uh, a couple of old marches uh, when Johnny come marching home, hooray, hooray, you know. But, and then they could, of course, they, they could change the world when Johnny could take the corner. Just kneel and pray, I thank the Lord for the work and play. I try to be good, but I know sure I should. That's the end of the day. Look, I give you blow the horn before I go.